Wondershare Video Converter Ultimate makes life easier by providing you with a variety of video tools. Hello and welcome to Sketch in Review, the only Sketch in Review podcast that exists because it's the only one the same Sketch in Review. That's Probably. a fact that I checked at least once. Okay. <laughs> I googled Sketch and Review and no other podcasts came up. So therefore, we must be the only one. After an exhaustive 10 seconds of research, <laughs> I can promise all of you, this is the only one. Well, don't worry, I used Bing, so we're definitely covered. It, that is the most thorough search engine there is. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Welcome to 2013, we're making Bing jokes. <laughs> listen, listen, I still, I still remember, uh, it had to have been like a CSI or Criminal Minds type show. Where where they're like where they're at like an art gallery or something and someone's like oh I don't know this artist and someone goes oh just bing it. <laughs> Some writer made a hundred thousand dollars that mm-hmm. day. <laughs> made a lot of money for for just, just taking out the word Google and That's substituting right. the word Bing. <laughs> uh, All right, let's start. We've got. Uh, a quality cold open this week. Uh, this week is Jonathan Majors is hosting, and Taylor Swift uh, is the musical guest. Yep. Uh, so we start with the cold open, which is uh, which starts on the Newsmax for Kids network. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Newsmax is uh, when so 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 in the world of right wing news stations, there's Fox News. Which is uh, liberal commie pinko shit. There's OAN, uh, which is like moderate Republicans, <laughs> and then there's Newsmax, which is actively being sued by Dominion. <laughs> uh, uh, if you wanna, if you wanna like understand without having to watch any Newsmax uh, from the Chalamet episode. Last year, uh, they did a they did a good uh, riff on it for Sportsmax, the only sports network for Jets fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so we have Newsmax for kids, uh, and instead of Sesame Street, they have Ted Cruz Street. Uh, and obviously, this is birthed off of the fact that Ted Cruz called Big Bird a communist on Twitter. Oh, that's very special. <laughs> Which is such a wild, wild accusation. <laughs> when, if, if we were to get into like the logistics of the fact that this fictional giant eight-foot bird <laughs> is a communist, <laughs> it's I, I feel like I feel like that's an area of weirdness that SNL is not prepared to go into. Because the first thing I hear when I think. Big Beard, Big Bird, and uh, and Ted Cruz. Like I, I, I wouldn't think tortured Sesame Street parody. I would think, I would think like long-standing beef between these two people. Ooh, ooh, we that, could. Like, I'm thinking boxing match. Yeah, I was honestly. about to say. I was about to say it could have been the undercard for the next Jake Paul fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, that would that would have been that would have been a fun cold open. You get like absolutely. You get you get each of them in their like pre-fight interviews. Ooh, that would be got, like 
Yeah, if you got like someone dressed up as Grover on uh, on Big Bird's <laughs> back, <and laughs> you've got like as many Republicans as you want behind Ted mm-hmm. Cruz. Yeah, yeah, Holly Mansion Cinema. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, our first guest, uh, on Ted Cruz Street is Marjorie Taylor Greene, as always, played by Cecily Strong. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I mean, listen, listen, there's a lot of jokes that we can all make about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like, the fact that she thought that a Jewish space laser was causing the California wildfires. So, you know, it's not... I think this is the problem because SNL has to be political and politics has become such a fucking farce at this point <laughs> that, like, it's really hard to parody Marjorie Taylor Greene without just saying statements that she has already said. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, I really... I really oh, like I really like the bit where she tries to hand the AR-15 to one of the kids <laughs> on Ted Cruz Street and he's like, I don't think we should. And she just goes, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think the problem with this sketch is just that it went too long. I think mm-hmm. I think the I think the opening was solid. I think the Marjorie Taylor Greene bit was solid. Um, I the think Ernie bit was confused. The the Oscar the Grouch bit was it was focused, but it wasn't great. <laughs> they were just trying yeah. their best to hit all the bases in Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Big Bird Joe Rogan bit could have been axed. Realistically, yeah. I think this I think this would have been a better sketch than Cold Open. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Just cause just cause then so you have so you get the Ted Cruz Street intro. Uh Marjorie Taylor you get the Marjorie Taylor Green bit, and you just move straight to Oscar the Slouch. Yeah. I, I think yeah, you cut out you cut out Bert and Ernie, because Bert and Ernie absolutely was not con- was not like great. Although I get what I understand what they were going for with Proud Boys versus Pride. Oh, I didn't even get that. Okay, I, I didn't even think there was a joke. I just thought, I just thought they were just like, well, they were playing a different joke that like canceled out the original joke. But Pride Boys is a good bit. Yeah, it, it's a good bit. Uh, I mean, it could have just been its own sketch. Well, yeah, once again, it's, it's it's one of those things where they just because the cold open should, in quotation marks, be political. Uh, they, they end up having to do stuff like this uh, occasionally, where it's just like, all right, let's just throw some shit in there. People will laugh because they're making fun of the opposite party. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, classic, I mean, the, the one good part about Joe Rogan, which I didn't find out until, like, earlier this morning when I was just, like, scrolling through my news feed. Uh, Joe Rogan said he could suck his own dick. That wasn't even just, like, a bit that Pete, Pete Davidson had. Joe Rogan said those words. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Pete Davidson was just doing one of his classic what are you going to do I'm Pete Davidson things but mm-hmm. that's that's very mm-hmm. special yeah 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 apparently Joe Rogan actually said this I have no other information and I could be getting fake news but it sounds like something Joe Rogan would say it, uh, I, there's very few things that don't sound like something yeah fair enough uh, so after the cold open we move into the monologue and uh, I mean, I feel like this was a miss for me. Really? I liked it. I I am never a huge fan of the Look How Far I've Come monologue. Okay. 
It's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, but then you have, like, you get three jokes and it's mainly just a, I feel so good because I get to host SNL. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I think is I think he approached it with a really good energy, though. Um, oh, yeah, his energy is great throughout the entire thing. Absolutely. He's, I don't know if he's necessarily made for comedy, like his acting chops, but... You know, you know, he he hit he tried to hit it as hard as he could, which is great. If you're gonna if you're if you have one night to do it, swing for the fences. Yeah, absolutely. Uh I thought the Yale joke was pretty good at the beginning. Yeah, that was good. Uh yeah, but besides that it was mainly like, you know, I, I was seventeen and homeless and working at Red Lobster. Quick Red Lobster joke. And now <laughs> I'm hosting SNL. <laughs> Quick, it was a very long Red Lobster joke. Yeah, yeah, but like the actual joke itself was very quick. Fair enough. The setup uh, just took nine years. <laughs> uh, uh, anything you want to put on the monologue? No, no, I, 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 I had a good time. Um, there were there were enough laughs in it for me, and uh, I got what I needed out of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so we move on to our first sketch, which is, uh, the March of the Suitors. Uh, so in this, Chloe Feynman, uh, plays a 19-year-old, uh, queen, uh, queen of England, who is looking for a husband. Uh, you know, because it's medieval times and she has to. Uh, and so they have, uh, they have three people, four people, realistically, they have four people walk up. Uh, to uh, approach becoming the king of England, uh, the first one is a, a dude she friend zoned, which I, which was very funny, but I feel like shouldn't have been the first one. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I feel yeah. like that's a it's it, there's there's like there there is room to play there, and. Which one should be the first? Out of I think it? maybe maybe we should go through all of them first. Yeah, yeah. But, so uh, so we have so we have her friend zoned uh, guy pal. <laughs> uh, we have Cecily Strong, Andrew Dismukes, and Heidi Gardner straight off the set of a Monty Python. <laughs> yeah, Monty no. Python and the Holy Grail, straight straight <laughs> off the set. Oh. Uh, we have John. Uh, we have Majors's character, uh, Prince Hawi. And then, and then the final joke character was Punky Johnson as Tammy, or Tawny. Yes. Tawny. Tawny. Uh, so, so the way that I see it is the Andrew Dismuke, Cecily Strong, Heidi Gardner probably should have been the first one, just because it's a big dick joke, and big dick jokes always hit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I, I think personally, the, the. I think the, what's good about this one is that they managed to get around their general inability to do escalation by just having four really strong characters on their own that yeah. each get their own bit. <laughs> yeah, and if I were to put one first, I guess I would have put the friend zone one first. It's low energy and it's it's uh and it's uh uh it's fun, but uh, it's it's. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fine with where it is, but I, I wouldn't mind switching it. To I it. feel I feel like the way they wrote it, it's way more first first person up energy, and I feel like if they put it later in the sketch, they would have had to rewrite a lot of it. Mm. Uh, just because just because it's way easier, like you know, as the first person, if he comes in 
low energy, haha, but like, what do I need to change? And then inside joke and then out. As opposed, as opposed to, I don't know, feeding into something more of like the toxic guy in friend zone bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so next up we have Dismukes and Cecily as, Dis, uh, as Dismukes' mother. And then Heidi Gardner comes in as a milkmaid halfway through it. Uh, and basically, <laughs> basically the joke is, is that Cecily just comes and she's like, my son has the largest penis ever. You should marry him. In, in the, in, for everyone who's seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail, they speak exactly like, uh... The the first like commoners that they meet the help help I'm being oppressed. <laughs> yep, it's 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 really good. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's a good time. It's they they do the funny voices. They talk about penises. It's it's just it's <laughs> they swing for mm-hmm. and also uh, Ad Bryant's uh, uh, punchline. Yeah. She just goes the new king. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Andrew Dismukes ends up dropping Trout, and then A.D. Bryant, as one of Chloe Feynman's uh, advisors, just goes, The new king of England! (laughs) (laughs) It was quality, it was quality. Uh, Then we we move to Prince Howie with his uh, drummer, played by Keenan Thompson. And this one was great. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Because it starts off and he's acting all princely. He's got a drummer who's introducing him. He does like the fun. He does the fun little pelvic thrust for when he says that I'll bone good. <laughs> <laughs> Pleaser of women, my ass. <laughs> yeah, and then Ego comes in and it's like, "I'm sorry, Queen. This isn't Prince Howie. This is my <laughs> dumb husband." What? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? What you got the seven year itch and now you're trying to come sleep with the Queen? <laughs> And then his fucking response is just being stupid. Being stupid. It's very good. It's such it's such a good like deflect. Like just such a good like dejected like mm, I can't no. believe I got caught. Yeah. And when, and when she like mispronounces his fake prince name and Keenan leans in to try and fucking fix it. And she just tells him to shut up. It's just it's it was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like they might have been able to just end it right there. Rule of three. They bit. should have ended it. She right pulls. There. She pulls his ear. But you know, SNL always goes three minutes too long and picks the wrong punchline. It's true. It's true. So and this punchline, I there's this running theme in SNL where the only joke is "haha, women can be gay." Well, I, I I don't think that was their final punchline, but like that that was like one of the jokes that they did. That was like okay, cool. Yeah. Like I feel like if you're gonna just like you know make the and she was a character, but the joke wasn't that she was like this 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 weird stoner burnout. The joke was <laughs> that she was a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's even it's, more highlighted because Chloe Feynman goes, "Well, I do like men, but." When yeah. I'm drunk, anything can happen. <laughs> yep. And then and you're right. The punchline was actually pretty quality. The punchline was all was fine. Uh, it, I mean, it works just because it's one of the live sketches, and so they just need something quick at the end. Yeah. Uh, and the punchline at the end is that you 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 infer that uh, Punky Johnson's character ends up winning the courtship and she becomes the mad queen tawny the terrible That's right. 
which is which is like qual which is like fun, but also but also like the cameras could have just pulled back as Ego's dragging Prince Howie by the ear, and it would have been exactly the same amount of fun. Yep, I agree. Uh, so, so after March of the Suitors, we've got uh, the Please Don't Destroy sketch of the week. Mm. Uh, which is a music video with Pete Davidson. I love Pete Davidson's music videos because he's done... Him and Chris Red do a bunch of them together. Yeah. Uh, and fucking... So this one is is about... It's just Pete making fun of the Please Don't Destroy <laughs> kids, calling them three sad virgin boys. <laughs> the entire time. This one was really special. Um, it was a really good bit. It was... I mean, it was... If if you were, it's like you said before, they're like the, if, if you were worried that they were going to be uh, the, uh, the Lonely Island, but again, this would make you more worried. Yes. <laughs> this was just a Lonely Island sketch. <laughs> it was a good time. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I, I, I am holding out faith in the fact that uh, this is really just going to be a one-off or, or a short recurring thing, maybe. And they're just gonna keep doing weird, dumb stuff. Oh, uh, uh, if, it was—they're absolutely—they're—they're they're not gonna—they're definitely not because they don't even sing during the sketch. That's true. You're right. So, so there's no like, there's no danger in them just becoming the Lonely Island. Uh, I will say that I do love that the gimmick for all their sketches for SNL is that they're writers at SNL, and then things happen yes. to them in their office. It's spectacular. It's very Every, good. I hope they immediately get picked up for a bad NPC office sitcom. <laughs> I, I would watch the absolute shit out of. Oh, it's it's just so funny because you can tell that that's just their actual office, <laughs> and all yeah, three of them just sit there. It might have something to do with like their COVID protocols at the moment or not, but <laughs> it's a lot. But of fun. it's great that all of their sketches just take place in this one fucking room. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, Taylor Swift coming in for a bridge. Yes. Uh, was great. I mean, ob- obviously, once everyone heard that she was the musical guest, they're like, alright, she's gonna be in at least one sketch. Yeah. You know, as people do. As literally, like, any musical guest who really wants to be on the show will be in at least one sketch. Yep, yep. Uh, fucking, I, I, I don't know, it was a fun time. Yeah, no, I liked it a lot. Yep. Uh, so after that, we move to the Audacity and Advertisements award show. This is, this one, the, the Audacity and Advertisements is such a good idea that it managed to carry it through a sketch mm-hmm. that was pretty shaky on execution. Yeah, it was, it's definitely, it's definitely the momentum of you thinking about it kept it moving forward. But without that, it does kind of dawdle. Yeah. And it's a little... It manages to not totally overstay its welcome, which is also good. But again, if, you, if you're if you just looking at the construction of the of the sketch, it's not... It's yeah, not it's... it's, it's a, I think the issue... The issue with it is that... They tried... They tried to do it in, like, an award show fashion. Where, you know how at, like, the Oscars... Uh, they show you scenes from best picture films throughout the night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but 
you know, instead, so, you know, they tried to do that with their, like, most audacious advertisement award or whatever the fuck they called it. Yeah. Uh, but I think the I think the hard part is just trying to separate all of these fun ideas they had. Yes, absolutely. Cause like there's something really special about the wait. You guys make landmines award. Yeah, I wish <laughs> I, I wish we saw the nominees for wait. Don't you guys make landmines award? Because yeah. <laughs> I I yeah. feel I feel like that alone had like more more joke presence than uh, I, I can't even think of fucking some of that most of them. That... Well, the problem was a lot of this time of this sketch that had a lot of places to go was spent on bad commercial jokes. And I mean not jokes on bad commercials, I mean bad impressions of famous commercial characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so Majors and Heidi Gardner host. Heidi Gardner's playing Flo, Majors is playing uh, Jake from State Farm, which was fine. I did. Yeah. I did like that they brought the Limu Emu and his and their human partner. That yeah. was fun. <laughs> it was a fun bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I feel like the only like three good ads from it though were the first one, the Facebook portal one. Yeah, that was very very good. Uh, the BP one, which I believe is actually just a BP commercial. Yes. It's, it's not. It's not like oh they made it up. I think that's just a legitimate commercial. Uh, and the Amazon parody ad. Yes, yes. Well, the the interesting thing about, I'm pretty sure whoever was, like, pitching this pitched the Facebook portal thing first. That was the idea. Mm -hmm. And then everything else was made around it. Because that was, the Facebook portal was a strong encapsulation of the bit. Uh... And the Amazon one was was excellent. That was, that was, that was the punchline that, I mean, it wasn't the punchline. There was a, there was that reference to some group that i don't know uh some conservative group i think uh, um, yeah yeah i don't even remember the end of this sketch uh, i was just was happy that it was over this baby is trans Feliz oh. navidad signed the and i don't remember the name of the group but i'm assuming the conklins or something like that yeah but uh but yeah the the real punchline is uh is <laughs> Is, is the Amazon one the spot on Amazon one? Because how yeah. how how often do you see commercials? Because like I watch live sports, so I see commercials all the goddamn time. I uh, I watch a lot of uh, YouTube and uh, Tubi and uh, stuff like that. So I watch a lot of the same. Oh, and Hulu. Uh, mm-hmm. So I watch a lot of the same three commercials uh, for hours on it. Is is one of them the Amazon nurse commercial? No. So so in it so in it. Uh, so it starts with, like, a picture slideshow, and he's like, I lost my brother three years ago, my ma two years ago, it made me really want to become a nurse, and then, and from then like, that's probably, like, the first 15 seconds is, is laying that backstory, and then he goes, working at Amazon, they pay for my tuition while I work for them, so I can become a nurse. And I, I think he's, I think, I think the guy in the commercial is now a nurse. Where, like, he's talking about in the past when he worked at Amazon, they paid for his tuition. Sure. And he's like, and at the end, he's like, I don't think any other company would pay for <laughs> pay for tuition like that. I'm like, yeah, because they expected you to become a nurse so you could work in the factory as as the field medic. <laughs> God. Oh, God. Field medic at an yeah. Amazon warehouse? Good sketch idea, also. That is actually, yeah, but that's, that's way but too it's gotta, dark for us now. Yeah, it's got to be Civil War, like, field medic. <laughs> 
Where it's like, where it's like it's, it's, oh, oh, one of the servo bots ran over your foot. Chop it at the knee. <laughs> Just constant screaming from all sides <laughs> off screen. Smoke, smoke billows like into the fucking. We'll keep we'll keep that in the back of our mind. <laughs> <laughs> OC, do not steal. Um... Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, like you know, you're probably right. They probably had the Facebook portal sketch. And the thing is, is that I feel like if they just did a full, a full sketch on like on the Facebook portal where it slowly goes from. The dad, the dad starts with mom's dead. Then he comes out, and then they explain it, and then at the end it goes Facebook portal, share something real, and then the sketch ends. I think it's a much better sketch. No, you're right. You're right. You're the, right. The, you could even do the classic SNL: someone sitting at a TV and reacting and uh, being like, "Hey guys, isn't this weird?" Like you yeah. can even do that. <laughs> but like, but yeah, I think. And it's entirely possible that maybe this in its original draft was that and then they came up with so many ideas they were too excited about and then they just shoveled it into this Frankenstein sketch. Mm-hmm. But uh but you're right. No, the the, the best way to take that is to uh to just do standard escalating that yeah, nonsense. Yeah, yeah. To do to do one advertisement. Yeah, because it's I'd rather I would rather have one good idea last five minutes than SNL's Frankenstein sketch that lasted eight. Yeah. Yep. Um, alright, so after that... Oh. After that, we get, uh, Strange Kid Tales, the sketch. Uh, oh. oh. what a, what a sketch, huh? It's, I... <laughs> Kenan Thompson is, he has this knack for sketches where the joke is the same every time. Mm-hmm. I think it's because like, I think it's because his face is so expressive. It's true. It is. He's it got. Is. He's got. He's got like the Belushi level of facial expression, where where like I wouldn't be surprised if he just started doing like the single eyebrow up and downs. <laughs> <laughs> Such a goddamn joke. So the the whole the whole conceit of this sketch, and I I love it. It's so elegant. Two guys are really really easily scared. <laughs> and they're running a paranormal talk show. Mm-hmm. And so they're brought on, they, they, they call on these, uh, they hate their job. They call <laughs> on these groups of parents and kids. The parents explain a weird thing that happened to their kids. The, they gradually start freaking out more and more because these paranormal things are happening. <laughs> and then they can't stand it anymore and they send the kid away. And it's always like kind of mundane. There's never like blood dripping off the wall. It's my kid saw a ghost mm-hmm. or my kid said that he lived a past life and they mm-hmm. can't. It's so good. When I was old, <laughs> when I, was I old, never want a kid to say that. <laughs> There's nothing behind his eyes. <laughs> that was great when when the kid walked out and he's like, "I don't like him already." He's got dead eyes, <laughs> and then it fucking cuts to this kid just staring at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's not much to say about this one. It's just it's solid. It's mm-hmm. well acted. It's a good time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> listen, even the punchline was good because it's a callback to, to earlier in the sketch. Honestly, this is like one of those like perfectly made sketches that SNL does where it's textbook rule of threes 
callback at the end, and the sketch. Yeah, like, the thing is, like, if you can't be, like, <laughs> SNL should not, like, it, it would be great if SNL was Key and Peele or Auntie Donna, and they could, like, do things where they, like, dissect things or, or do, like, weird angles or, mm-hmm. or, or, like, weird, a weird sketch that doesn't follow standard textbook stuff, but they can't. Um, yeah. so just stick to the textbook. The textbook is good. The, listen, it's, it's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Like, we can't, we can't all be Lil Nas X. Yeah, absolutely. Some of us have to be Billy Ray Cyrus. It's fine. That's okay. In my world, in my world, Lil Nas X is a country artist. <laughs> oh, no, that, that was not my, that was not my, uh, point. <laughs> oh. But yeah, love that sketch. Oh, so, so perfect. And, and then back to back with another of my favorites of the night. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, so, so right after that, we get Man Park, the sketch. <sighs> Man Park. Oh. Uh, so I was, so I watched it live with Teresa and she loved this sketch. I'm sure she did. Oh, she absolutely did because I am very much... <laughs> Very much in the camp where Man Park would be perfect. <laughs> no, I, listen, I, I'm in the opposite situation where I'm sitting here and I'm alone all day and I wait I wait patiently for any of my roommates to come up and then I dump the contents of my day on them and I'm like, man, I should get a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so, the gimmick, so the gimmick for Man Park is uh, that for a lot of guys... Uh, the only person who they have to share their day with is their girlfriend. And obviously that's fucking exhausting for the people who are going to work for eight hours, coming home, and then immediately being showered with dumb man thoughts. <laughs> Did you know that Vin Diesel had a twin brother? Uh, listen, I didn't know that. That's a very I interesting fact to me. <laughs> so obviously they, like, nailed it with, like, dumb facts that obviously are, <laughs> obviously, like... Your partner doesn't care about this. I think I think the other part, my other favorite part was Ego gets home and Pete Davidson immediately is right up to him. He's like, hey, hey, am I balding? Dune? <laughs> <laughs> which I'm is which is exactly like how I talk at people sometimes. <laughs> also, just like I love I love this show's fascination with Dune. Because like Dune is one of those things where like none of us get it. But it's big and it's colorful, so we're just going to keep talking about it because I feel like we should. With that being said, I love Dune. <laughs> I haven't read the... I, I'm I, one that, of those assholes that wants to read the book first, and so I haven't seen the movie. Um, so, so I did read the book. Straight up what happened was I was joking with Teresa that Dune was coming out soon. And then we went to a bookstore and she's like, you should just pick up Dune and read it. And I was like, you're right. And so I got Dune... And then straight up, so I read probably, like, the first 250 pages in, like, the span of a week. And then yeah. I read the last 400-plus pages in a day. Damn, okay. Oh, my okay, God, dude. Sure. Listen, <laughs> I know this is a podcast about SNL. Dune <laughs> is so good. <laughs> well, maybe we should save this for our weekly Dune podcast. Uh-huh, yeah, we're going to start a weekly Dune podcast where we just talk about all things Dune. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it, it was, it, it nailed it so hard. Every aspect of, I, the, the, not the to mention, absolute... not to mention, uh, one, one last thing for Dune and then we can go back to Man Park. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, uh, if you're worried, 
you could watch Dune first. You could watch uh, the movie first because it doesn't really. There's no like real spoilers in in Dune that in the movie that much for the book. Plus, the movie only takes place for like a little bit less than two thirds of the book. So there's still an extra like two hundred plus pages of book that is not in the movie. <laughs> Uh, all right, back to Man Park. Yes. So so anyway, so so all these dumb guy things, which you can tell, like me and Connor don't talk to many people, and so this is us like interacting as people right now. That's right. Because we heard Dune, and we must talk about it. Well, that's the special part. Like it's like the the part that resonates the hardest is when when uh, I, I don't remember his name, but uh, uh, his his girlfriend says to him, "Well, isn't there isn't I, you need to make more friends." You need to you need to go go somewhere and talk to people. He just looks up. He goes, "Where would I go?" Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah. Where would I? I don't play fucking Magic the Gathering. I can't. I can't <laughs> down to a game store. Like, what am I gonna do? If I join one more fucking D and D group, I'm gonna kill myself. Oh yeah. So 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 the ad so the ad for it is. A man park where where girlfriends can take their partners uh, to interact with other dudes and not bore them with the dumb conversations about Vin Diesel's twin brother. That's right. And whenever they, 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 it's like a dog park and they're all walking mm-hmm. around and talking to each other. And whenever there's two, it's it's a bit that's so good that they do it twice and it doesn't matter. Where there's two, two, two guys and they're having this very generic guy conversation. <laughs> And then one walks over and goes, Marvel? And then the other goes, Marvel? Uh, Marvel. Marvel, 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 Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> it's so... Uh, love, it, love Guy Park. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Oh, it's great. And, and uh, also fucking... Uh, where they're like, we got for large breeds, which are sports fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and small breeds, which are nerds. <laughs> God. You know, you know what, uh, you know what the the, 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 the one who said, "Oh, where's yours?" He's a little shy. <laughs> He's hiding under the bed. Oh, oh, so good. You know, this sketch reminds me a lot of there was a college humor sketch where it's like the impressions all guys do at a party, <laughs> where where it starts with like someone's doing like Marlon Brando or something, and so everyone does like The Godfather. Stuff. Then they move to like De Niro, and it's just like a group of women sitting on the outside commentating what's going on. <laughs> oh, that's I I should watch. Oh, that. My, it, it was it was a quality sketch I first saw, and it gives me very similar vibes because they just stand around going like Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very. Yeah, Man Park was great. <laughs> Man Park was very very good. That one's gonna live on for a while. That like the thing that with Man Park, the, it, they've been doing this more and more recently. There's this they're 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 attacking things at a at a at a very clean, very good angle. Like this and the and the the shit your pants underwear. Like they're, <laughs> they're attacking masculinity at a, at an angle that's very fun because it's very welcoming to uh to like even like very masculine men mm-hmm. because they understand what's going on and all of that. But then there is a very clear female perspective on it. It's, it's, there's a lot of fun. They're, they're getting better at that. 
mm-hmm. where they used to be very, very bad at that. Well, uh, I mean, realistically, I think it's because they've consistently hired more women in the in the past, like, X amount of years, as opposed to the first, like, 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. As opposed to Norm MacDonald, I'm just, co- I'm just kidding, we don't hire women. I mean, he wasn't wrong. No, I, it was it was a pretty <laughs> solid joke against SNL. The problem was they didn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also I also love the final punchline of Man Park, where Tidy Gardner's sitting on the bench, and she goes, "You know, it, it's you know it's hard for you know guys do not have the ability to just like unload their day with other dudes," and I guess. In that aspect, and do not quote me saying this, it is harder to be a guy. Wait, wait, are you filming this? No. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because it's just, it's so good. So, so perfect, because it perfectly also encapsulates, like, the argument against masculinity perfectly. Yes. No, it's it's just like, it's like, no, it's not, it's not hard to be a dude, but like, you know, there are aspects yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they did. They they walked such a good line. I'm very happy with that sketch overall. Mm-hmm, me too. Uh, all right. What's next on the docket? Next up is uh, the the only thing people the only thing the internet is going to talk about f- uh, from this episode forever, which is Taylor Swift's ten minute. I forget the name of the song, and everyone's gonna shit on us because I know you don't know it either. <laughs> it's from it's from her album Red. It might be Red, to be honest. But not knowing things is kind of my shtick. Yeah, <laughs> you have no excuse. I have no excuse other than the fact that, like I said to you, I couldn't pick Taylor Swift out of the lineup, which is so surprising because I feel like I know what she looks like, and yet every time I see her, I'm surprised. <laughs> and it's also surprising to me because, like I said to you, she is the only person on that set that I would be comfortable picking out of a lineup. <laughs> anyway, so Taylor Swift only does one song for this episode, which is interesting. You know, most of the time musical guests do two. Uh, a few people have done three. But, like, that's like that's for shows where they did not have a lot of sketches or they did it during goodbyes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Really nice song. Mm-hmm. I like the. I, I believe. The... I believe it's about Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> this theory still blows my mind. And it's and the only reason I think that is because of one line. And well, hey, listen, if you're a huge like Swifty or a Taylor Swift fan, please let me know that like if I'm right or just uh, completely off base. But I believe that the song is about Leonardo DiCaprio just because there's one line where she, where she says, I grew older, but your girlfriend stays the same age. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, there's one guy who we all say that about. <laughs> uh, anyway, so she only does the one song. It's ten plus minutes long. And, yeah, and in the background, there's the movie that she filmed for the re-release of... I, Connor, do you keep up with, like, the Taylor Swift lore? No, no. Okay, I so, like Taylor Swift, but I, I don't I don't actively chase Yeah, yeah, Taylor so Swift so content. so uh my partner is very, very big into Taylor Swift, so I get all of like the background lore cool. <laughs> dumped on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh putting it out there, my favorite Taylor Swift song is still Picture to Burn. 
from okay. like her first album. <laughs> Back when she was still doing basically country music. Uh, anyway, so Taylor Swift got into a huge legal fight with whatever recording studio, whatever recording company she worked with for her first X albums, right? Uh, and pretty much what uh, what the end of the lawsuit uh, dealt with is that she can re-record all of her old albums in or and that's what she's doing now. She's re-recording all of her old albums so that she has all the rights to them. Cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, love it for her. She's re-released Red and she re-released 1989 or whatever the f- whatever it's oh, called. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, she re-released that one and then she's she's got like the others in the work in the works. Uh, so Red, which uh, just she so she just finished the re-record and she just released it on Friday. Okay, cool. And for it, for that ten-minute song that she performed on SNL, she also recorded like a mini movie to go with it, which is what's playing behind her the entire time. Cool. Yeah, listen, it's just dope. Taylor Swift is an amazing artist. Of course, she's gonna crush <laughs> SNL. She's crushed SNL every time she's been on it. Yeah. Including on the 40th anniversary, where she got to be in the Californians, I believe. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> the Californians is all a blur, but... Because mm-hmm. all, all of it's exactly the same. All of it's exactly the same. What are you talking about? <laughs> Tom, what are you Just get on the 405 to the 10. <laughs> oh, it's all fucking quality. Such oh. Nobody does... Nobody does sketch where it's essentially the same joke every time, like SNL. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a recurring sketch. (laughs) No Uh, one else has recurring sketches. Well, I mean, that's not true. Fucking, isn't that the entire point of Second City? Is that all all their sketches are still from the 60s? (laughs) Damn. Is Second City dead or is it not dead? UCB is dead, I believe. Yeah. Rip, but rip. Shouldn't have left. Shouldn't have fucking left. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. You dig up a tree, and then you move it somewhere else, and then there's a cold snap. The tree's not going to make it. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'm sure all the Taylor Swift fans fucking love that she performed this song for it. Uh, I'm sure that they were all a little disappointed that she didn't do two songs. Yeah. But, uh, honestly, I'm going to take it. Yeah, listen... We could have cut the Audacity and Advertisement sketch and just gotten a second Taylor Swift song. Yeah, we could have we could have trimmed the Audacity and Advertisement sketch to just be the advertisements. We could have cut half of the uh, of the a cold open, uh, <laughs> and we would have had time for a song. Yeah, listen, listen, SNL, hire us. <laughs> That's right, guys. Guys, guys, we're fixing your show for you. <laughs> I know you've been doing it. I know you've been doing it for forty six years, but hear me out. <laughs> these two these two 24 year old white dudes know what's good <laughs> <laughs> no 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 wait but hear me out they made five episodes of one podcast one time <laughs> and they also missed last week because one of them was had a birthday <laughs> <laughs> but we're right <laughs> we are right I'm just... All right, so so after so after Taylor, uh, we get weekend update. 
dark yep. weekend update. Oh, oh boy. yeah, really good. Real really dark. Good. <laughs> uh, so so just some quick uh, my favorite my favorite just quick one off jokes that they did were uh, Michael Che's Britney Spears joke about how the media is real glad that she's back on her feet yep. so that they can immediately push her back down. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, the Bud Light eggnog joke from <laughs> Colin Jost, where if you want to know what it t- tastes like, throw up in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Colin Jost's Vin Diesel's open letter to The Rock, which I didn't even know that they had a beef. Did you? I, I mean, it's not real, is it? I don't know is the problem because I think because like because like I read I did read the open letter I was like that's a weird promo for Fast and the Furious 10 because <laughs> he's like come back let's finish the story and I'm like what what is going on <laughs> does Vin Diesel think he's actually Don Dominic Toretto <laughs> and The Rock is actually Hobbs because <laughs> he calls him Hobbs in it but he also calls him Dwayne <laughs> god damn Anyway, God. anyway, Colin Joe's joke that for Vin Diesel, an open letter is the letter C. <laughs> it took me, it took me an uncomfortable amount of time to get that joke. I think the funniest part is, I think that, I think that might be the only, op- oh, no, 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 S. Figured it out. Yeah, I guess. Which is just two C's, though. Oh, shit. This, how deep does this go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the hats are off for this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. We're spinning out. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so our first, uh, any oh, of the one-off two. jokes that you really liked? No, I don't remember shit. But uh, the two, uh, the uh, the guests that they brought on for, or what, what are they called? Segments. Again, I, call them se- I call them like featured segments. Okay. The two featured segments, back-to-back bangers. Absolutely. Um, so, I, so, so let's start with the first one, because me and you have different opinions on the second one. Gotcha. Uh, so the first one is Sarah Sherman comes on, makes her Weekend Update debut, uh, and it's just her doing stand-up, which, you know, she's a stand-up comic, but oh my god, was it amazing. Every, every, it's just so perfect, the way that she, the, so she lays the groundwork by being like, uh, so, so the gimmick is that she's, you know, she spent five, six weeks now at SNL. And she's just supposed to report back, you know, how it's been for her. And she goes, yeah, Colin, well, I've got some feedback. (laughs) Number one, why is it live? (laughs) Doesn't that seem dangerous? I could say something to ruin both our careers. (laughs) (laughs) Which which is just perfect because it it gives you the, uh, because it gives you that baseline where it's just like, oh, she's an agent of chaos. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I mean, she shows up in in pastels with like a a, a like big flowery shirt. Oh and well, a, I mean, she. Button up. I mean, she perfectly she perfectly put it when she said, "I look like Chucky went to Sarah Lawrence." <laughs> when I first heard that, I was like, "Oh my god, she does." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Because I think she only wears like clown costumes for all of her stand up bits. Yeah, I did hear that. Oh my god. But like the Her her uh uh what is her little like the recurring bit in this segment mm-hmm. is that and it's it's a very simple bit 
but she does it so well. She just baits <laughs> Colin into saying something potentially problematic, and then she says, this just in, pops up a big fake headline, and then <laughs> says, something, <laughs> says something shitty about Colin Jost. And maybe I'm biased because people saying shitty things about college jokes is always my favorite part of Weekend Update. I, you know, I think it's a lot of people's favorite part of Weekend Update. Everyone loves the shit on college jokes because he's, listen, listen, he's got a lot going for him. So it's real easy to take him down a peg. Yeah, absolutely. And he doesn't mind. No, of course not. I will say her chaotic energy of just every time she finishes a news segment and Colin's like, hey, like, come on, that's not what she just she just barrels over him. And another thing, <laughs> oh. all of it. And the best part is that it all kind of like layers on top of each other. So the first, yeah. so the first one is Colin says that he knows where most people's nipples are. I've <laughs> seen most people's nipples. No, no, no. He says, oh, sorry, I know, yes. I know where most people's nipples are. And so she twists it to. Colin Joe says he's seen most people's nipples. <laughs> and then, and then the second, and then uh, uh, she tries to tell him she she like says something, and then he he tries to correct her, and then she says, "Self-proclaimed nipple expert, Colin Jones, <laughs> mansplains on live TV." <laughs> Just so good. Just very oh, good. Every single time. And then at and then when she when she says, Colin Jost, local sicko, Colin Jost is keeping a <laughs> list of Jews at SNL. Oh, that one that one straight up rocked me off my fucking seat. Yeah, no, it was oh. really good. It was really good. <laughs> oh. oh. Alright. <laughs> Oh, also, yeah. Oh. Also, when she called him a gorgeous fascist. Yeah. <laughs> and then she called herself barely legal, and he's like, "You're 30. <laughs> so good. Oh, so good. That entire se- that entire fucking segment is so fantastic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It honestly made me think that in like. I don't know, when Michael Che inevitably actually gets cancelled and retires. <laughs> and whenever Colin Jost decides being married to Scarlett Johansson is enough. <laughs> is Ja... <laughs> is a big enough career for anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Sarah Sherman might be a good Weekend Update anchor. Hey, I, I'm, I, I'm happy for it. I, it's hard to tell who would or wouldn't be a good weekend. I think, they just, like, you need to see it. Yeah, I think it's just because her, her ability to, like, lean in and just say a headline. <laughs> it's true. No, she's got that. She, she's she got the new... And I and I would love if, for the first time, Weekend Update Anchor didn't wear a suit and instead she wore her fucking clown costume. <laughs> oh, that... Absolutely. And honestly, I guess it does make sense uh, uh, if you're going to take one of the... Uh, if you're going to take one of the three genders... Of uh, SNL characters, uh, of SNL recruits, which is uh, improvisers, uh, sketch comedians, or uh, uh, stand up. Uh, what is it? Or stand up comedians. You should pick a uh, uh, stand up comedian. For, oh, uh, absolutely for Weekend Update. It should be stand up yeah. comedian or what they have done, what they normally do, head writers. Yeah, that also works. Because Colin Jost and Michael Che are the head writers of SNL. Damn. Oh. Uh, anyway, all right, let's move on to Laffatron, was his name? Yeah, I really like, I think, I think, like, I, I agree that the jokes 
were uh, uh, middling, but I just, it's such a powerful character, and he played it so well. So, so I'll start with the good. Uh, the good is that I think I think he plays. Uh, you're right. He plays the character. It's Aristotle plays uh, a robot designed to do stand-up comedy. Is the bit. Yeah. Uh, I think that he plays the character really well, and the voice he does for it is perfect. Yeah. My problem is that while you while you say like the jokes are middling, but it's also part of the joke because it's a shitty robot. My my biggest problem with it is that the idea is just wholly unoriginal. Oh yeah, no, that is fair. To the point where I have seen uh person dressed up as a robot to perform 1960s stand-up comedy huh. on America's Got Talent. Oh, boy. And you know what? He made it to the second round and then got cut because there's not a lot of legs for that <laughs> bit. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I don't know, maybe, maybe if I'd never seen that, I'd probably like this bit a bit more. It just seemed like, all right. I mean, this is just an, an excuse for Aristotle to do a fun voice, and it's a fun voice. It's a good voice. I liked, I liked his impressions of Twitter and Instagram. Those were the best part of it because those were actually like original and fun takes of like how would a robot write jokes, as opposed yeah. to hey Staten Island. Even, even when he did, that's literally like a move that I saw in America's Got Talent from that guy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just. No, I, I get you. I'm, I'm not. Uh, it, it's a. It's. You're and not wrong. The worst part is I'm not even a big America's Got Talent watcher. I just happened to catch an episode in 2017. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Oh. But yeah, that's weekend update. Mm-hmm. Sorry to be such a downer on a sketch you liked. <laughs> no, no. I, I think that's a good assessment. I I was also. I, I I was having too much of a time of a good time enjoying someone letting Aristotle be Aristotle, mm-hmm. um, but the jokes weren't great. I didn't even end to, <laughs> as a as a quick turn. I didn't even like the the Instagram uh, uh, the Instagram jokes. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, listen. Were they the best jokes? No. Were they at least uh, original and an interesting perspective? Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so after Weekend Update, we get the Broadway Benefit sketch, which, Mm. uh, so it's, uh, Kyle Mooney, A.D. Bryant, and Small Child from Strange Kid Tales, (laughs) uh, sit down in, like, you know, theater seats with a bunch of extras, and, you know, it's, like, their first time back on Broadway, uh, and this is just a benefit to, you know, help support all the artists who couldn't do anything for a year and a half. Uh, and, uh, AD mentions that as a girl, she went to go see this exact benefit. And that it was always, like, a good time and it was what made her fall in love with theater. And we get, and, uh, so it cuts to the stage and there's Cecily and Bowen, uh, playing what they, they are always... They did it uh, last year, too, where they just are, like, lounge singers together and just caddy at each other, and it's great. They play it so... They're so much fun together. Uh, And and basically, like, the entire joke is that uh, this whole entire Broadway show 
not suitable for children, and it's like a little bit funny that eighty went there as a kid. Yep. It's the funny, the funniest thing about, well, this is another one of those musical sketches where it is a better song than sketch. Yes. I really enjoyed the song. <laughs> the, I love that it was, it was so, it was, it was just like an actually fun Broadway number. <laughs> mm-hmm. Andrew Lloyd Webber could have wrote it if Andrew Lloyd Webber was good at musicals. <laughs> Crushing. <laughs> song time for life. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Who, 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 who did, I don't know shit about people that made musicals, but, uh. Andrew Lloyd Webber did Phantom of the Opera and Cats. Ah, he's the one that said Hal, it's about cats. Mm Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite videos. I think about it constantly. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, so the song is about drugs. All drugs. Drugs, drugs, drugs. And that's basically, like, the joke. It gets hammered home probably, like, eight or nine times every two minutes. And the sketch is eight minutes long. Jesus, is it? No, no, I have no idea. It's probably, like, six. But I'm just saying, like, listen, like, you got the joke probably, like, a third of the way into it. And then you're just there for a fun Broadway number, which is fine. It was fun. I, I feel like the writers expected a bigger laugh when they had Major's Dance. Yeah. I mean, this is actually the second time uh, that they've... Oh, uh, by the way, I, I don't know if we missed it. Um, there's a, a, the joke that showed up two times in the same night um, for this one was Big Bird loses all of his feathers. Oh, yeah. In the cold open, Big Bird mentioned that the COVID vaccine made him lose all of his feathers, and in... Uh, oh god. Oh, and in uh, these three virgins, uh, one of them is described as Big Bird, but without any of his feathers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, there was another one that was repeated a second time, but I don't remember what it was. Anyway, that was yeah. just a quick aside. Yeah, that's a... Uh, anyway... It was one every night. <laughs> anyway, so Matrix comes on about halfway through the song, and he's described as, you know, basically like Fred Astaire. Like, famous, famous dancer, like he's known for his dancing and such. Uh, they sing a bit. Calumny's like, we should probably go because, like, all they're talking about is how they like doing cocaine. <laughs> and Eddie's like, no, 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 but he's about to dance. It's what he's known for. And then he kind of just does, like, a single hip rotation. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, there's there's bad... The SNL has done this literal exact joke two, three weeks ago for uh, the... Uh, uh... Angelo. Yeah, thank you, Angelo. Uh, and it's never good, um, because it's, there's a difference between, like, comically bad dancing and low-energy dancing. Mm-hmm. And it, I guess if you want someone to sell low-energy dance, dancing, call Kyle Mooney. He could do it for you. He could give you an awkward dance. But, like, But that's not ever to... what you want. There's a reason, like, there's a reason why in Seinfeld, Elaine fucking does the thumbs like this. Because it's gotta yeah. be, it's gotta be big, and they gotta believe that they're amazing. If it's just gonna be like a small hip rotation, and then that's it, like, like I get, I the joke they were going for was build it up, build it up, build it up, and then it's super disappointing. But yeah. sometimes it's just disappointing. Then that's right. <laughs> that's a good point. Like sometimes it's funny. Like, like I think it works in the Angelo sketch better. Just because yeah, at that point, that point they had laid the groundwork of, listen, this is a weird fucking sketch. They say they're really great, but they don't do a lot. 
But still, like, I think in the Angelo sketch, and I think I, I don't want to talk too much on a sketch that we've already been over, but I think in the Angelo sketch, it would have been more powerful if instead of, or it would have been better if instead of weird, low-energy dancing, it was very weird, slow, meaningless dancing, like putting down one foot forward with purpose mm-hmm. and then one foot back with purpose and something like that. But uh, instead it was just a... But even then, it, it fit the theme. Anyway. I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, you know. And then it just kind of... And then it ends with the little girl being like, I love Broadway. Which, yeah. like... It's like, you know, fine, whatever. Let, get us yeah. out of this sketch now. <laughs> <laughs> the dance is over. I am done. <laughs> uh, so then, after that, we get uh, the Bone Thugs and Harmony sketch. <laughs> which, listen, listen. Weird, SNL weird. SNL after Weekend Update just gets weird most of the time. And, yeah. oh boy, is this one Weird. <laughs> It's like someone, someone, how I see that this sketch happened is Colin Jost fucking once probably said like, what's that old rap group? You know, Dogbone and Melody. (laughs) Because he's uncultured. And then everyone else was like, oh, okay, we got it. And then just started writing. (laughs) I feel like it could have been better than it was, but the idea was a lot of fun and they did a really good job with their characters and so I'm not I'm not mad. Mm-hmm. It would have been a better sketch if it was written better, but it's a lot of fun. I feel I feel like if you're a big Bone Thugs in Harmony person, the sketch hit a lot better. Oh yeah, absolutely. But like, you know, we're not I'm I, I'm I'm not a Bone Thugs in Harmony guy. I like know of them. Also, they, like, anamorph into dogs at the end. <laughs> yeah, listen, it just, it got weird, and I, oh, I'm i here for it. I'm here for the weirdness. I love it so much. They sold the lady a bone for ten cents. That's the joke. It's a <laughs> joke. It was a, God, I can't even call it a mess. It was just, like, a dream. And not yeah. even a fever dream. It was just a, a regular dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, it doesn't even get to the point where they, like... If to move it to fever dream territory, when Kyle Mooney's character quits, they should have harvested him for his bones. That's right. And that then, is true. and and then that's the escalation that we need for it to be, for it to be a fever dream of a sketch instead of a, just a dream of a sketch. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I liked it though. I had fun. No, me too. Me too. <laughs> like again, I wish it was more, but with what it was, I was happy. Mm, I. Uh... Love singing, boom, ba, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> the one person's like, hey, can I have a dog artist? Like, we don't sell this here. Can I look around? You know what we have. <laughs> nah, you know what we got. <laughs> <laughs> so, after after that sketch, uh, we have the 10 minutes to 1 sketch uh, about the pastor and his wife's open marriage. <laughs> a great concept, well mm-hmm. sold. Great concept, well sold, perfect for 10 minutes to one. Uh, and pretty much, it's straight up, it's like, it's so super short too, which I think really helped. Yeah. It, because the because the sketch itself doesn't have that much legs. Yeah, especially because the wild thing, I don't even, I don't know if this was a fucking type error, but like, uh, 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 Ego is like, uh, was like, uh, 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 
set it up for a have a bunch of let's list let's have all of these weird people one by one say what their deal is thing where she was like why don't you guys tell us why you should be in this and then there was one other line and then they said actually no let us tell you our deal so they pivoted from one bad stock snl sketch to the other bad stock Mm -hmm. snl sketch but like i mean it's only bad because it's 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 clearly evident what you're trying to do. You're trying to get to the part that works. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, uh, anyway, I, I Listen, really I'm, I'm, I'm okay with sometimes just being like handheld through the bad part of a sketch just to like, yeah. for, just to snowplow our way to the good part. <laughs> just wish there were, just wish there wasn't a bad part. Right. Yeah. Listen, listen, we can always wish that there wasn't a bad part. <laughs> oh, uh, but anyway, I liked, I like that uh, they consistently just put down Keenan. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was that was a that, lot. Of that fun. was that was the good through line that kept the sketch going forward. Where just every yeah. time, every time that they mentioned or asked a question, uh, Keenan, who's playing the organist, would like start to answer. They'd be like, "No, no, 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 <laughs> not you." <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other the other good bit that worked was uh, there was there was the good joke where. Uh, where Chris Red asks, wait, so do I have an open marriage? And they just go, no, you're just <laughs> cheating on your wife. <laughs> do you think she knows? Pan over to his wife. <laughs> I guess. I think it's, Listen, like, it like, really good. yeah, it's a fine, it's a fine joke. We could, you could find that, you could find that in like a TV sitcom or something. Because it's, right, yeah. it's like, because it's three minutes. It, that's like a 30 second joke. And that just fills time. Yeah. Which was good. And then also also when they described how we got to an open marriage where she said her hall pass was Barack Obama. And he said his hall pass was Kevin, the bassist in the church choir. So then she switched her answer to Kevin, the bassist from... So good. Played by Kyle Mooney. And Kyle Mooney just sings there go, wait, I'm Kevin. <laughs> Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, listen, 10 minutes to one sketch. It didn't overstay its welcome, which I was glad about. Yes. It Yeah, it did feel a little unfocused, and they just kind of had, like, four or five good bits that they needed to just put, like, 10 bad bits to get between. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so, you know. Listen, nothing to write home about in this 10 minutes to 1 sketch. Sometimes they hit gold, and sometimes it's just 10 minutes to 1. <laughs> oh. Uh, alright. So, move in to our Offensive Player of the Week. I am going to say that Sarah Sherman, with just her weekend update bit, is the Offensive Player of the Week. Nothing else in this episode sent me, so singularly sent me, like her entire Weekend Update segment. Man yeah. Park as a full sketch, which I think will pro- is, is my sketch of the night, uh, was, was the best sketch. But her segment is just her alone, just hitting all of my funny buttons. <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It was, it was really, really good. Um. Yeah, uh, and and she was she was going real hard at it. Mm-hmm. 
for me, uh, uh, I'd say uh, Ego Onum. She would. Uh, she. Uh, uh, she came in with the uh, with the wife and the in the. Uh, 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 what is it? March uh, of the Suitors. March of the Suitors, and she <laughs> she elevated that from like a from like a low level bit to like an actual bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time she was a part of something, she she elevated it to an actual like something yeah. that I was genuinely laughing at. I, I she she did an excellent mm-hmm. job. She's so funny. She's really really good. I mean, everyone, all the main cast, and even the featured players are all just so like fucking talented. Yeah. Uh, Alright, uh, do you want to do your defensive player first? Uh, why don't you go first? Uh, yeah, I'll buy you some time to look at the cast list. <laughs> no, no, no. I... Uh, yeah, so so my defensive player of the week is going to be Keenan. Keenan absolutely right. kept every sketch uh, going. Uh, the drummer in the March of the Suitors sketch, uh, his like two or three lines and just his facial expression as he's banging on the drum... May like really kept it together. Uh, absolutely, without him, uh, Strange Kid Tales fails without a doubt. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and also, he's he's the through line that keeps the ten minutes to one pastor sketch on rails. Yeah, without oh, that's, that's without, a... without him, you don't get like four or five of those good beats that you get from a bad sketch from like what is ostensibly a bad sketch. Yeah. Uh, okay. And for you, uh, see, I wasn't looking up. Uh, I wasn't looking up the cast list. I was looking up Jonathan Majors' first name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm gonna go with Jonathan Majors. Um, I always like to give uh, give one of the roles to the host because they're they're in every sketch. They're you get to see them. You get to see uh, you know what they bring to the table, what they don't. Um, and he held his own. He he held his own, and he even brought things to a lot of the characters. Like uh, like again in the in the March of the Suitors, he's got this like. Which honestly, like the more I think about it, oh, we're not even there yet. Um, but in the March of the Suitors, he uh, he's got that he's got that um um I'm being stupid sort of thing. <laughs> he, he brings a lot of fun characters. He brings a lot of good energy. Um, and uh, he held his own. And I always uh, I always like to give someone some for that. So. Uh, all right, and sketch of the night. I already said Man Park's definitely my sketch of the night. It was it's so perfectly crafted, and it comes at such a fun like like you said, it comes at like the right angle where I think anyone who watches it is gonna immediately understand the joke, and like it, which yeah, is hard yeah. because you know you know it's easy to come from an angle where like people understand the angle but not necessarily like it. This is one of those, I think, like, middle-of-the-aisle type ones where it's, like, even even the most conservative, fascist guy would be like, I, I understand the joke. It's kind of funny. Yeah, and it's not, like, and it's not middle-of-the-aisle in that it ha- it's trying to say nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, middle-of-the-aisle in that it manages to engage everyone. Yes. That, that's it, a good it, distinction. It is, it is not spineless in its, like, take. It, but it, but it is neutral in its appear in its uh, uh, what's the word? Not appearance, but like appeal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. I agree. And I that's why I would. And I'm. Hmm. So I was when I was watching, I was on the fence between Man Park and uh, Crazy Kid Stories. Um. But as I've been listing things and comparing them, and, and I keep 
bringing so uh, I will say Man Park is probably the best sketch of the night in terms mm-hmm. of its construction, performance, uh, making me laugh the most. <laughs> but I I when it's between the when it's between the the safer option and the more exciting option, I like to pick the more exciting one. And there's just something special about uh about uh, uh March of the Suitors that that makes me keep going back to it in my head. And I, I'm going to give it that for that. I mm, I really enjoyed all of the... Every single character that they brought on was a lot of fun. I liked how they interrogated all of them. I liked... I liked... Uh, like, a, every character in it would be fine as the subject of their own sketch. Mm-hmm. And, but, and all of the bits that they had were short, sweet, and to the point. I just... I And... and they were weird and it was fun. Yeah, it was a well-crafted uh, sketch. Uh, Alright, I think that uh, about does it for us. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you think of all the sketches and how wrong we are about our opinions of comedy in the comments below. <laughs> Hit that like button! Smash that subscribe button! <laughs> Full YouTube! <laughs> The illusion that anyone is listening to the audio version of this podcast is out the window. <laughs> Listen, and if you're someone who's listening to the audio uh, version of this podcast, hit that subscribe button. <laughs> mark it on, mark it on your local podcatcher. <laughs> if there's if there's five stars, give them. If there's not, if there's a thumbs up, anyway. give that. Uh, rate us uh, on Apple uh, on iTunes. I think I think it's important that you rate us on iTunes. <laughs> I think I've so. heard I've heard other podcasters beg, so <laughs> Oh. Uh all right, and until next week, uh continue to support local comedy. Yeah. So long. Bye.